Welcome to the Build My Online Store podcast, where we discuss everything and anything about running an online store. If you like the podcast, sign up for the mailing list to get news and updates at buildmyonlinestore.com. And now, here's your host, Terry Lynn. Welcome to episode 35 of the Build My Online Store podcast. I'm your host, Terry. And this week, I've got Anne-Marie from Adora Live, where she runs an offline and online adult store down in Australia. And so we talk about how she built the business, kind of in secret from her family. And she also does a great job with YouTube marketing. She has a sex toy video series on her YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Adora Live. And a couple of things she does very well is she talks about different products in her store. She gives a brief demo, kind of a FAQ type video blogging type thing. And she also does customer questions. So take a look at a few of them. I think they're pretty interesting. And a couple of things that stand out is that she always has a great call to action at the end of her videos. And these she also has these things called annotations where I think uh, in YouTube, you can put different links throughout halfway of a video back to your store or to different products. And so uh, she has well over half a million views on her channel. So go ahead, take a look. I think there's a lot of the stuff you guys can learn from this episode. And before we get into this, I've been listening to an audiobook called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And this was a book I heard over and over again from our friends over at the Lifestyle Business Podcast, where they talk about the resistance. And so the resistance is faced by entrepreneurs, athletes, and everyone trying to break through a barrier. And it's a universal force. Uh, it has a mission really to keep the status quo. It stops you from taking action. It comes in the form of self-doubt, distractions, fear, uh, self-reasoning, and I, I guess procrastination too. And so in this book, he talks about lasering in and doing all the work. So I've just started and I'd be happy to let you guys know what I think about this. But if you want to check it out, I can hook you up with a free audio version if you sign up for a 30-day trial at Audible. Uh, Audible is an audiobook service that's owned by Amazon. So when you sign up for a th- free trial, they do give you a free book to download. So you can check this out at buildmyonlinestore.com slash audible. And to be completely transparent, I do get a small commission when you sign up for a free trial. So if you want to check it out and support the show, you can sign up through my special link, buildmyonlinestore.com slash audible. And one last thing before we get into this week's episode, on March 21st, Thursday of 2013, we'll be hosting a webinar on how to analyze the top 10 competitors in Google. And so when you're choosing a niche, keyword research is obviously a very important aspect uh, within the whole research you have to do. And so it's important because you want to make sure that the top 10 websites you're targeting are beatable for your keyword, whatever you're choosing. And so we'll go over the metrics and tools you should use in this webinar and kind of how to size up the competition. And this invitation is going only out to the members on the mailing list. So if you're not on the email list, join up at billmyonlinestore.com. And once again, this webinar is on March 21st, Thursday. I haven't decided on the time yet. So if you're on the mailing list, uh, we can do a quick survey on a time that works for everyone. So one final thing, this episode I recorded with Anne-Marie, I did it on the wrong mic. I was on the road and I apologize for the sound quality. The mic I usually use, this one, the Blue Yeti, uh, there was a setting that gone wrong and I ended up using a computer mic. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I'll see you guys on the other side. This week I have Anne-Marie from Adora Live where she's going to talk about her experiences running an offline and online adult store. So welcome to the show, Anne-Marie. Uh, I found you through James Shremko, actually. I understand you're part of his mastermind, uh, The Silver Circle, and so I thought you'd be a great guest to have on the show. Uh, for those who may not know your background, could you just kind of give us a brief intro and how you got into this whole adult industry? Okay, no problems. Um, look, uh 
I guess my background wasn't anything to do with the adult industry at all. Um, I actually studied fashion design and then marketing so I could actually try and market my clothes designs uh, in future. And then it kind of, oh, that side of things fell in a heap for me. I was working in hospitality, supporting myself while I was studying. Um, I moved into event sales and selling functions. Um, so this is stuff that's totally out of the realm of adult industry. Um, but I don't know, I just kept on having a feeling that I really wanted to be a part of the industry and try and make a positive difference in it. Um, and then uh, I was in between jobs or I had a, a new event coordination job, which I was enjoying, but I was, I was really wanting to go into the industry. So I started, I got in my suit, got in the car and I drove around to about five different adult shops with my resume in hand and, you know, I'd go into these stores and they were all, uh, sorry, to be, to be honest, um, a lot of them were really quite gross. <laughs> You'd go in and you'd see like a Shazza behind the counter and she'd be like, oh, how are you, you know, and I was like, oh. There, um, all of them were like thinking I was trying to sell, you know, a product to them or whatever. I'm like, no, I'm actually trying to get a job in an adult store. So one of the, um, one of the ladies turns around to me and goes, why don't you just open your own adult shop? And I was like, hmm, well, I could. And then like three months later, we were in business. Nice, nice. So what did your friends and family think when you were saying, you know, you wanted to open an adult shop? Um, I didn't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> I had uh, three older, I've got three older brothers and my dad and um, they're from a, from a small country town and, um, <laughs> oh goodness, to actually sort of say to them, like I opened the shop and then I text them all and said, hey, just letting you all know that, like I did a bulk text in my um, mobile phone just letting you know I've opened a store it's an adult boutique um, it's a lot different to the run-of-the-mill shops um, you're welcome to come and visit me so one of my brothers came from the country jumped into the car on the second day he rocked up at the shop and was like oh is this just like a dodgy adult shop and I was like no it's nice come in and then he came in and then he felt settled I mean the shop is really different to um, your typical adult store it's more of a boutique it's got like a chandelier and gold swagging and it's all really stylish as you come into the shop and from the outside you can't actually tell it's an adult store so it's really lovely that way but once he left he was much happier and and the other brothers slowly came in and my dad finally visited as well and that was really cool because he's very straight down the line and no you know sex don't talk about sex no way <laughs> um but he's, yeah, he's come around like a lot and they all have. So, yeah, um, I think in terms of uh, friends judging me, I mean, I've always done a bit of my own thing. I haven't really followed the crowd even when I was a lot younger, which I found it difficult in, at school in fitting into the actual mould of most people. Like I only have a close-knit circle of friends now and I try and um, surround myself with people of like a better quality than like people that I can really look up and learn from so it's a smaller but better quality group of friends that I've got now and if they don't like what I do or whatever see you later that's fine no problems you know I don't need to be a part of their life and vice versa so that's how I've kind of got around with it exactly and so basically they had no choice to talk you up because you already went with it and then 
<laughs> yeah, interesting. And I mentioned uh, your store, the environment is different than your typical adult store. Right? Can you just go into that in a little more detail? Yeah, so um, you walk in and the front counter's there and, you know, we have all female staff. So generally um, at the moment the staff are like of the young, younger sort of crowd or young vibe. I think up to like mid-30s or thereabouts. So um, we've all got quite a bit of experience behind our belts. I mean, one of the girls studies health. Another girl um, is studying. What is she studying? Um, she's done quite a few degrees in terms of like sexual health. And um, I've got another girl that's got a lot of experience in uh, working in another adult store. So that's great because we've got a really different dynamic and every woman that I've employed has like um, very strong sort of values and understands the way customers should really be treated. So we give um, really great customer service. We actually help people when, before they ask for help, we go up and, you know, we try and break down the barriers of, because everyone's a bit scared when they first initially enter the store. But once they see us, they see we dressed appropriately, like in sort of business-like fashion. Um, they see the store, the way it's laid out with like lingerie, beautiful corsets and um, lots of lovely um, like sexy cute baby dolls and then in terms of adult products you don't actually really see any adult products when you first enter the store you see lingerie and then you have to go around the corner and then the nice adult products are, are sitting there so for a start you know people are um you know put at ease straight away and yeah we're very professional with what we do so um, we, we talk openly and honestly, but with tact for like towards our customers. So I think we sort of differentiate ourselves a lot in that way. I see. So you go and you don't really see everything. Otherwise, some people would just be like, whoa, this is too much. Yeah. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> well, that's what you find when you go into a lot of stores. You're like, whoa, what the heck is that? I'm, whoa. You know, yeah. <laughs> you want to be bombarded with that and a salesperson coming up to you too, <laughs> starting to pitch products too, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's different than walking into like a Mercedes dealership too, looking at cars and, you know, very good. Toy. <laughs> yeah. And so did you start the offline version? first before you went online or how did you figure out both platforms yeah well look originally um before i decided to open the store i had started an online forum so like it was adult based it was about talking about love and romance and that sort of thing so that was going quite well um and that's sort of how everything eventuated and the adult store came to be but yeah i started uh with the store and then we had the online community and then i spent about six months in development getting together the online store and the first the first store that we did was through Shopify and I had a web development group that did that for me to be honest I was a little bit disappointed at the time with Shopify I didn't and the development company because I didn't have a lot of access to be able to move things about so I always had to go back through the development company and because I was very green and I really didn't know what I was doing or what I was really needing in a website I found that really difficult as well but yeah since then um I think about a year ago we moved over to big commerce uh, I was recommend that rank sorry recommended that by a friend so um, he was a business coach and he'd actually coached the guys from big commerce and um he, he said to me look seriously for seo purposes 
for ease of use and pretty much to have control over the whole thing, move over to these guys, you won't regret it. And I'm like, oh, my God, no, the website's just coming good now and, you know, I can't do this. It's going to take me forever because I've got over 700 products on the website, you know, to get transferred over. Oh, my God, it was a nightmare. Um, But, look, in terms of um, copying all the products and getting them over, it was reasonably easy. It was just filling out the extra information that big commerce needed that took the time. It's it's all one of those things where if you take the time to sort it out and do it properly from the start, you're not going to regret it. Yeah. Well, let's go into platforms a little bit later. So I'm, I'm curious, do most of your sales come from online or offline now? Offline, like in-store, majority of sales. However, a lot of people will come into the shop and tell us they found us online and they've looked at everything and they've seen some of our videos and then they they've been like, oh my gosh, this is in Adelaide, and then they've come into oh, the store. And I guess the purchasing habits are much different offline versus online, right? Because online you can kind of hide behind your computer when you're buying everything. And Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Very much so. So if they have to come into the store, then they have to face a person. So, I mean, at least us offering that, um, you know, they can have the choice between the two, I think is really helpful for people that just do not want to go over the threshold of entering a store. <laughs> mm. And what benefits have you found from having kind of a both offline and online operation? Um, like, you know, like operating wise or? Yeah, I guess do you find that you can cross promote offline versus online or? Yeah, kind of- definitely. Well, um, like, I mean, having the store and I was working six days a week for the first two and a half, three years, um, that gave me a really good insight about what customers were looking for, how they went about buying um, a bit more of their mindset um, and then taking that on online and structuring it a little bit more with the online store um, and you know make it being able to make videos answering their questions was really beneficial as well I mean it's worked really really well I mean yeah I, I don't know how to explain it sometimes it's just it well I, I think it makes sense because a lot of the times when you just run an online store and people click away from your website you don't get that feedback in terms of what they're looking for, right? Whereas in store, you can talk to them in person and then you can take that online, just like Very, you very much so. Um, I found a good feature lately. Um, one of my friends suggested having um, one of those little messenger services uh, on the website. So um, it actually automatically pops up after 20 seconds or so and it's like an automated message if I'm online and it says, you know, um, like, welcome to Aldora Live. Uh, like, do you have any questions or how? how can we help you today and then people if they want it they'll start messaging away to us and talking to us straight away so I found that's kind of bringing the personal touch back to the online store as well and yeah the conversations I've been having online have been kind of cool too I thought it might have gone either way it might have been really good or kind of creepy people but it look, looks like effective so far yeah I guess it's, it's a little corner in your browser that kind of I see a couple websites have that now these yeah days. yeah I mean it's it's only people that really want an answer then and there that will message you but I think that's kind of important in a way to have mm-hmm. interesting and I understand you guys ship your packages with a different label for privacy <laughs> yeah we sure do so um, we keep the address of like the store on there like 162 Glenburner Road um, but we personalise the address so it comes from me Amory Rodder or A Rodder instead of Adora Live oh okay yeah so we're going to have that piece of like discreet factor there because no one like I'd say for 
95% of people are uncomfortable with, you know, their neighbours knowing where they're, or possibly that their neighbours might get <laughs> their mail from an adult shop. <laughs> yeah, so how did you get the name Adora Life? Is it just your last name backwards? I just kind of realised this. Yeah, well done. Yes, it is. It's um, A-Rodder backwards. Yeah, I'm just looking at your Skype and I'm like, hey, it's backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, look, um, not a lot of people have actually worked it out, but the few that have, um, I thought, I'd give them like a bit of a round of applause for doing so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, and so I noticed on your website you're really embracing the whole content marketing side of the business. Can you just tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, well, um, you're talking like the videos, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. 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 Look, um, as you can probably tell if you've seen the videos, I really enjoy uh, getting more and more confident in making videos. Um, I used to do a lot on my video camera and then take it back to the editing suite and start editing it, but it took like a lot of time and I mean they look a lot more professional doing it that way but lately I've just started flipping over my iPhone I've got an iPhone 4 and I just press record and I do a three or four minute review of a certain toy that's coming to the store or massage oil or lube and try and explain it I'll show what it does and then I just press stop I upload it and I upload it straight to YouTube and it's there for all to see. So it's really exciting and I try and um, I work probably about two or three days in the shop now, but I will try and crank out at least a video a day when I'm in the store. Yeah, I'm finding I think I'm up to 63 videos uh, for the sex toy series that I do about the toys in the store um, and I've got quite a few other toys Oh, sorry, toy videos and just videos, like funny videos that I've got um, on our YouTube channel as well. So, yeah, I really enjoy it. And a lot of people, it was funny. Actually, I, I worked yesterday in store and I had a guy come in and he's, he looks at me and he goes, oh, my gosh, I saw your video today. Yeah, yeah, I saw you. I didn't even know this place existed before today. I'm like, well, there you go. And he's like, yeah. Oh, oh, he was kind of blown away. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, really? <laughs> so I noticed your channel has about half a million views. Um, have you noticed that a lot of people say, oh, I watched your video and then I came into your store? Have you seen that help the business in that way? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually seeing it more and more. Um, we upload those videos to the product itself on our website. Um, so that's really good. People can see then and there what the what the product's about. Um, and then I'll also list it in a special sex toy series section of our website. So um, I want to make that a lot clearer so people can find it straight away in future. But at the moment, yeah, that's where they're sitting. Yeah, and I noticed some of your videos, I'm just on your YouTube channel, some of them have a lot more views than the others. Yes. <laughs> you notice, I guess there was one with like 30,000 views and some of them are like a few hundred. So, you know, what have you found to... Like, um. <laughs> what, what, are, what makes some of these videos so with such high view with a view count oh uh, do you know what like i don't really know what the secret formula is that youtube makes um your i think obviously the you, you know the title that you have in it is the most important for me i found that um butt plugs and any any title with the word butt plugs in it does mostly well they're my top two videos <laughs> yeah I think it had like 70,000 views I know crazy and that's like the first video that I ever did was talking about butt plugs and it was like number one video um, it's ridiculously bad looking back on it now and I had no idea what I was really talking about but yeah I don't know the guys most of my viewers are um, men 
because I can see that on the YouTube um, analytics. But I think, yeah, men are either exploring, they're liking the idea of it a lot, or maybe they're just enjoying the idea of a female speaking about it. I'm not so sure. But there's another video that I've done called um, The Hung, and it's about this 12 and a half inch dildo that I'm holding, and I'm holding that in the photo. Um, and it says, are you up to the hung, up for the hung challenge? And that's how we use as well. So I think, yeah, the title and the picture that you've got on it make all the difference. Yeah, and I guess, you know, butt plugs, not everyone's making how-to videos <laughs> on YouTube, right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. And so interesting. And so I noticed you also started a little podcast. Yes, too, yes. Right? And it is little at the moment with the only two episodes. So that's one thing. Uh, for 2013 that I'll be working on big time um, what I really struggled on was um, I was video like I was recording the video of them but that um, hasn't I haven't been able to upload that side of it onto the podcast channel so I've only been able to get the audio content on there so I still haven't worked that out and that's taken me a long time just to get it all set up but um, I think 2013 is the year that's where I'll be interviewing and I really want to interview a lot of porn stars and people you know like um, sex work workers, people in the health industry, all sorts to really get a good rounded view of the adult industry because I don't think anyone's really doing it that well at the moment. So we'll get there. But I noticed YouTube <laughs> does have some kind of like these sex podcasts, I guess, like wellness podcasts. So yes. Kind of, yeah. I was just Googling that when I was doing some research <laughs> on it. So I was like, oh, wow, there's actually like so much content on iTunes in terms of like podcasts now. Yeah. Like you yeah. can find almost anything you want. So. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think the one I found, I think it was Sex Nerd Sandra, I think. I guess because there was another podcast called The Nerdist. And I guess this is like another thing he does. And I kind of stumbled upon that. So. Yeah. And that one was pretty interesting. All right. And so when you were making your videos That's starting awesome. out at first, you know, was it really embarrassing? Like your first three videos, were you scared or what was going on in your mind? Yes. Um, I had to edit that many laughs and that many um I mean, I do say I'm a lot now when I'm trying to think of things. But, yeah, compared to then, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I was very nervous. I would laugh even more than I do now. And, yeah, I think it also comes from being unprepared. So often I was like, oh, what do I say about this? But having done more and more of them, I make sure I do a, quite a bit of research before I make each video and then explain it. So, yeah. And sometimes I'll even jump onto YouTube or try and, yeah, I'll, I'll try and find a video that someone else has done and have a look and see what they've said and do a bit more research. And I'll be like, yeah, I could probably say something about like that or similar. So that's kind of cool too. Mm -hmm. And do you find that it's become more natural as you make more videos? Yeah, very much so. I'm, I'm letting myself be me on, on video and I don't have a problem with that. If someone else has a problem with that, leave a comment. And then I'll probably be like, oh, I really don't care because I'm happy with myself now. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, you become like, it's funny. I've made uh, a recent video about what not to do in an adult store. Yes, I watched that one. It's just hilarious. <laughs> no, I think it's the funniest one I've made. Um, and it's kind of weird for me to be able to say that, but Oh, it just came from a really natural place. And I, I'm talking to my husband today and I was saying some of the things that I've said on, on that video. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I really am this person now. So, yeah, it's funny. It's funny how you see your growth over the last few years when you do videos. And are those uh, quotes you said in the video inspired by real encounters? Or? <sighs> Unfortunately, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I I'd imagine you have some of these weird guys going to your store too. Yeah, right? look, seriously, like I really don't get many of them, but over the course of four years, you know, you might get one in 
300 people that's a little bit nutbag or might say just the odd thing here and there and you're like oh my god are you serious and yeah that made for like the perfect video (laughs) (laughs) yeah interesting all right and so how many uh skews did you shout out with at first uh four years ago well, I don't think actually on Shopify I added them. I'm not even sure if there was an option at the time to. There may well have been, but I really I wasn't adding them at all. Um, at the moment, we're starting to add them a lot more in big commerce, but that's one thing that's still like a, a work in progress. I see. And so you said you have about 700 now, if I remember right? Yes, it's a lot. So how do you manage the inventory with the online and the offline store? like that is there like how does that work i find it tricky because uh before i moved over to big commerce i got a brand new accounting system and scanning system in the store but then it actually doesn't talk to big commerce because i I went and got big commerce but there's no there's nothing that will make the two chat so in terms of stock levels and keeping on things it's all by manual you know us taking something off big commerce so it's not for sale anymore when it sells in store so that I found is really tricky and also when we get an online store a store order um, we have to scan the products through our retail system um, in store to say it's come out of our stock so I'm really looking forward to when they do make something that will make the two talk interesting and so you talk about your point of sale system what kind of are the different options out there on the market you know for anyone that's trying to open an offline store oh um, look I, I know there are a lot um, we, t- we use um my old retail manager, um, which I thought that big commerce being such a big platform that those two would have like merged up. I know um, what people can do is they can look on big commerce before they open a store and see what they accept so they can join the two up because I think actually now from what I recall seeing um, they do have an app where you can actually run it directly into big commerce and you can just scan straight in or have it that way. So yeah, if you're um, if you have an online store already, just check that capability out because that'll save you a lot of time and effort and a lot of headache. <laughs> yeah, interesting because that's an interesting point because a lot of people say, you know, the future of e-commerce is kind of a hybrid offline. You have a showroom and then you can buy the product yes, online. Yeah. So. I hope so. I think that would be a great way of going because essentially people still want to be able to see and touch and especially something like an adult toy. They want to be able to sort of see if it has that funky smell to it or not or, you know, what the vibrations feel like. Still, you're not going to be able to get that with a computer, like with an online store. Oh, yeah, especially even if you like sell food online, it's the same thing too, right? So, so true. Yeah, exactly. All right, and so let's move on to marketing a little bit. So, uh, when you first started your store, what kind of marketing did you? What kind of channels did you use? For a start, I think face. Well, I use MySpace actually. <laughs> I remember adding lots of people from um, Adelaide and trying to let them know, like sending them messages that yeah, there was an adult store, MySpace back in the day. That is old. Um, <laughs> I started doing the the sex toy series within a few months, but that was very sporadic in making those videos. Um, when Facebook came out, I had a group, and then I transferred it over to a fan page. I used to play roller derby back when that sort of first came out in Adelaide, so I had a stand there. So that was kind of offline marketing, quite a bit with. Google AdWords. So I tried a lot of things. I tried like different kind of A-frames outside the store, pretty much anything I could think of. 
um, I was doing. But then what really saved me um, was listening to the podcast by Tim Reed, um, the Small Business Big Marketing. Um, that just blew my mind and and I had so many ideas, it was ridiculous. So up until that time, I was really struggling for ideas. But then listening to that, I was like, oh my God, I could do all these things. And then from there, it's just taken off. Yeah, it's funny. I spoke to another business uh, that sells condoms online and, and they were saying nobody used social media because no one wants to put on their newsfeed that, hey, I like this adult toy <laughs> in front of all their friends and family. I think it is a little bit tricky when it comes to social media. It depends on the person, yeah, and how comfortable that they are with their friends or family or even like their boss seeing what they like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was another condom store Tim had on called Big Richard. I don't know if you heard that episode. Yeah, I heard that episode. It was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it's funny because that he's kind of taking it to a different level where... It's like its own brand, but I guess if you have a discreet adult store, it's kind of a different approach that you can take. To. It is, yeah. It's been a bit of a fine line I found with our store because for a start, a lot of people, because we weren't like a hot purple or hot green outside the store that was like flashing adult store, you know, sex shop or whatever. Um, it, it was tricky because we named ourselves an adult boutique and people in Adelaide just did not understand the concept and they thought it was like lingerie shop. They thought... I think it was adult massage, all sorts of strange and wild things that they thought it was. And every now and then I still get a customer coming in going, um, what is this shop exactly? So, yeah, indiscreet. Like, it's like, come on, people, get it. Come on, you know. <laughs> it's tricky. And so, you know, being in business for so many years, do you find, like, your business is growing organically or do you still kind of need to do PPC, a lot of acquisition for new Look, I, I still do do quite a bit of pay-per-click. Um, I, I think it just helps remind people that we're here or, well, actually, with our local area, I mean, what seems to happen is people will move in and move out quite frequently. So then we sometimes seem to lose some of our customers um, when they move out and then gain new ones when they come in. So that's kind of strange. Um, but I think just with spreading ourselves on YouTube, on you know your Google Plus business pages, um, Facebook marketing, all sorts of things. I think I'm pushing more and more for marketing these days. I don't think I can get enough of it. And the more people that know about us, the more you know we're going to do better and better. Yeah, because I guess a lot of it could come from word of mouth too, for a model like yours too, right? Yeah, quite quite a bit of it is word of mouth. And like every time a customer leaves the shop, we give them a business card so they know straight away about the website. We tell them about the website. Um, and, you know, often if people are like, oh, can I take one for my friend? I'm like, here, take five, you know? So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I, I would assume that, you know, if one couple leaves happy, they'll tell their friends and then they'll check it out and it kind of grows from there too. And, and then again, it also depends on the couple, you know? <laughs> Sometimes the most devious people are the, the quiet ones. Like, really, it's the quiet ones. So, yeah, that can be tricky as well, whether they're actually going to tell anyone. But, you know, hope, we hope that they do in the end. Yeah, well, let's go to that a little bit more. Who's the typical customer that kind of goes into your store? Yeah, sure thing. Well, um, I would say probably women between, I don't know, 28 and 35. I'd say that would probably be about 50, 60% of our market. But then same again with the men. So originally I wasn't really aiming for men coming into the store or, you know, being... Uh, 
a big part of it, but they actually would probably be about 40, 45% now and probably around about the same age, maybe a little bit older. From most of them, they, they tell me that they'd rather talk to a chick than a dude about a because <laughs> they thought it's kind of awkward talking to another man about a male toy. Um, <laughs> and the other side is if a guy was talking to a guy about a toy, that's very weird too, I think. Yeah, 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 that's that's what they say to me. So they don't mind so much talking to us about it and they kind of think it's quirky or a bit funny talking to a girl about it. <laughs> um, but also, I guess, because we're a bit more of a younger crowd, we have that openness and that understanding that it's, you know, who cares, mate? You know, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And, um, yeah, I think probably coming on with this success of, like, the YouTube videos and that that's really capturing the male demographic. I think I'm finding a real shift that men are coming into the store a lot and really liking it and then wanting to bring their partners in as well. So, yeah, that's a, been a really interesting turn of events for well, us. Is they usually come in as couples or kind of by themselves? Ooh, um, both, both. I probably get a lot more people, like single people coming in um, and then a pair of girls coming in like friends, best friends do a bit of a shop week or you know, let's, let's go get a new vibrator. Okay, you need a vibrator. All right. <laughs> so, you know, lots of giggles and, and funny times when that happens. Um, and, yeah, and then I'll get either like a male or a female. And like, especially actually men, they're like, I've got to bring my wife in here. She has no idea that it's got all this lingerie in here. So, you know, often we get told that they're going to come back and, and um, bring the missus in at the same time. And so um, you talked about pay-per-click a little bit. Um, kind of how has, because I know pay-per-click has gotten really expensive over the years. Right? How has that kind of affected your campaigns and marketing? Um, I haven't, like, I mean, I've lifted my budget up quite a bit, but I do a fair bit of experimenting with it when I get time. So um, I'm trying to target the keywords a lot more than, you know, just looking for the word... I don't know, adult, I wouldn't even bother with, you know, adult shop, yes, I'll probably bother with, but adult shop, Adelaide, I'll definitely bother with. So it's more targeted marketing that I'm going for these days. And I find that seems to be working quite a bit better. Um, I really like the way someone like Perry, Perry Mason, um, I think that he's the AdWords specialist. Not that I follow him a lot, but I've been taught a fair bit of like the way he he does the, his pay-per-clicks, and I think that works really well. But at the moment, I mean, I'm experimenting a lot with it, and um, just before Christmas, I changed a lot of our ads around and the keywords that we were targeting. So now I'm going to do a comparison from the last, like, two months to, you know, two months prior to that and the way we were doing it at that time. So I think it's just experimentation a lot of the time and then um, just seeing what's working for you and what's not working. Um, don't always trust what Google's recommendation is because it's not always right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and do you find your business has a seasonality? Like maybe with Valentine's Day, it, you get more sales or do you see like a trend? Yes, yeah. Christmas and Valentine's Day, they're our biggest times of the year. So, yeah, it's it's at the moment we're kind of gearing up again for Valentine's Day because it's only in about, what, three or four weeks now. So it's not far off. Um, and that's really like a fun time of year because, you know, the last couple of days leading up, we'll have two girls on. Otherwise, we just have one person on at a time generally. Um, but, yeah, we work together as a team and, like, often it will be a lot of, especially last minute, it will be the guys coming in looking for lingerie, looking for lingerie. 
and you know we'll play like a bit of a tag team one of us will sell one of the one of us will um put it through the till while the other one wraps the present for, up for the for the lady you know it's really fun and um yeah I, I, you know sometimes we'll have like five or six people all individual people in the shop at that same time and yeah it's like oh my god there's so many people compared to normal it's like brilliant <laughs> <laughs> so i'm curious if there's people going in there the first time and they see other people in there does it feel weird for them or what's the dynamic it, it, like it, depending on the people it can get really awkward and you just think to yourself oh gosh you know if i don't make it really cruisy for everyone here it's going to get awkward and you know that both couples are especially are going to leave so um when you get like three couples in or you know um a couple a random girl or guy and then another couple um no one wants to say what they're in there for because they don't want other people to hear so tackling that is tricky i mean it doesn't happen a lot because you know we're open nine hours a day so people generally what happens is someone will leave the store and someone else will come in it just kind of works perfectly that way um, but yeah when it when it happens to be that we have lots of people in at once people get awkward it gets a bit weird and fingers crossed you know someone's just going to say or have a joke about it and if you can have a joke about it then that generally puts things at ease for everyone <laughs> yeah because i guess you don't want someone to see you looking at some kind of toy when it may be weird for them i guess you get self-conscious yeah they they do we, we try our hardest to break down those barriers for everyone that's there at the time because i mean it's a reasonably small store generally if you're not if you're talking like like we're talking at the moment everyone's probably going to hear what you're talking about so yeah if you can have a laugh and um you know a bit of a joke about it generally people will be a lot better <laughs> and so is that the main way you kind of loosen people up or what other ways do you do because i think for every business there's a way to kind of talk to your customer especially at first yeah do you know what look it varies between all of us gals um like i like to have a bit of a joke um and it depends i guess on probably my mood as well as what their mood is and what you can feel it's those invisible invisible barriers that people have like some people you can tell straight away they do not want to be bothered if you bother them oh there's going to be trouble because they want to look and that's it you know you say hi and you just you, you get a sense of people straight away but if you can kind of approach them in a way that's um not necessarily saying oh so how can i help you today you know that's automatically as a response for australians is no i'm fine thanks don't worry about it you know so trying to say you know if they're looking at something you can just sort of grab the thing and then start explaining it to them then that just cuts away all the all the weirdness from it so and you just start talking about the product and you get into it and if you're quite enthused about it which we generally stock things that we're only quite enthused about anyway if not like love then it makes it easy to sell to someone anyway yeah because i think it's different when you go in like the apple store you start playing with the ipad you start playing with the computers and you go to the adult store you don't start flipping around on all the toys too right <laughs> well, well actually we used to have uh, what i call a petting zoo where we'd have toys on a table that you could turn on turn off and feel the vibrations so we're <laughs> <laughs> similar to apple <laughs> yeah, I guess. Interesting. All right. And, and so let's move on to platform a little bit. Uh, I understand you guys are on BigCommerce now? Yes, that's right. Nice. And so what was your main reason for switching uh, to BigCommerce from Shopify? Yeah, well, look, um, at the time when I switched, um, I think it was more functionality. Like, I mean, I'm not 
I wouldn't classify myself as a very techie sort of person, but I just like to give things a go. Um, and I found that we, when I was doing my research with big commerce and I could do like sign, sign up for a, you know, free 30 day trial or whatever that they had at the time, I just had so much more, um, access to you know and you can you can go into design mode on big commerce and you can drag and drop your headers around you can drag and drop where the products are sitting you know all these amazing things that there was no chance I could do on my old platform before that um, I'd have to go through the web designer wait three weeks for them to get around to do it and then they charge me $200 for doing that or whatever so um, just being able to be able to do it myself was like mind blowing. Um, they had lots of different designs you could choose from. So I could actually get the website up pretty much straight away, very basic, but I could get the basics up. And yeah, in terms of adding products, they wanted so much more information and detail and especially for SEO um, purposes, like you could add your own metadata, meta description. It was just mind-blowing the, the options you had. I mean, they even list, um, like you can add your things over to eBay, like you'd have eBay listings from that platform. It's like mind-blowing the things that they provide you with. I mean, you can make your own banners and just upload them. You can, um, you can have, like customers can have their own accounts and they can have their own wish lists. Um, you can do vouchers really easily and yeah, pretty much in terms of like their help desk or their how-to system in their support section, like pretty much between that and the forums of the people using it, like you can find an answer for almost anything that you need straight away. So I just found that usability amazing. And did, are you having a, are you on a custom theme for your store right now or? Um, I do have a custom themed, but I do want to redesign big time. Um, it's, it's a very basic layout that we put up for a start just to get something going. Um, and now it's, it's a matter of just finding the right web, web design crew to, to get the new website up. Um, like with the design layout done the way I want it to be. I see, I see. And do you find some customers go on your website, they look at some products and they want to see it in person once they visit you? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes I love it actually because that's one of my opening lines actually is, you know, have you been onto our website before? And if they say yes, I, I'll say, oh, so do you have a shopping list? Because uh, there has been about four or five occasions when people have written down their list of the things they want to see and I can just go grab it for them straight away. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. And um, Lloyd from Big Richard was saying when Fifty Shades of Grey came out, yeah. his business just did so well. And I guess you saw that too, right? Yeah, yeah. I um, actually did a video about Fifty Shades of Grey and that got quite a few hits on YouTube. So that was kind of cool. I was just giving a bit of a test for, you know, SEO purposes and to see if we'd get many hits from it. And it did work. I think it's sitting at about a thousand views last time I saw it and that was a while ago. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked the idea of Fifty Shades of Grey in, in terms that it made people a bit more comfortable about exploring their sexuality, which was perfect for all adult stores. I'm sure that pretty much every adult shop did really well from that book coming out and people reading it. Thank you, horny housewives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> All right, and so you briefly touched upon SEO. Uh, you know, besides making content like videos, podcasts, do you mm. do like uh, external link building kind of in that realm? Yeah, I've got a couple of girls that um, work online for me that do do uh, article writing, like relevant ones, like sexy lingerie and toy articles. Um, and then I do quite a few, like get them to do quite a bit of like backlinking. Um, 
through localised, you know, business directories and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think it's important. I think possibly with so many Google changes and Panda updates and those sort of things, it's kind of getting... It's important, but the articles, I think, are falling off in relevancy if they're not very well written. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And do you now work with like kind of other bloggers or type of online um, personalities? Not, not yet, but the, the more I work from home, I think the more I'll be able to. And that's where I'm really heading towards now is maybe working in the store like a Monday per week or once every two weeks. So I keep in touch with things, but I really want to explore the online stuff from home a lot more. So yeah, I hope I can move into that section. That would be amazing and interviewing people and just really going nuts online. I can't wait for. Yeah. Cause I noticed there's a lot of dating bloggers now online, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of just when I've been looking around and I'm like, Oh, this is kind of interesting. And some of them do have a big user base mm. or like a reader base too. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, it is. Very much so. <laughs> All right, and so let's just move into some wrapping up a little bit. So what's uh, one thing you wish you knew when you were starting out? I wish I probably realized that the online stores were going to take off as much as they they had because I think that's probably the biggest competition between online and bricks and mortar businesses at the moment. I may not have opened a store had I realized the importance of online stores, um, but I think in a way, it's kind of been a good thing. It's been a really good thing for me to learn about that whole industry, and so I don't regret it in that way at all. Um, but I, I really wish I knew about drop shipping and had understood it when I first opened the online store because I think um, not having to carry that stock but for it to be available and available through someone else would have just been awesome. So, yeah, drop shipping, I think that's the thing I wish I knew the most. <laughs> I see. And so I guess you carry all the inventory on your books now? Yeah. So everything that's on online is in our store. I see. So it must have been kind of hard scaling with the cash flow to get more products and holding the inventory too, right? Yeah, it is, it is tricky. It is really tricky. Um, and just making sure you've got enough stock and which stock to stock and, you know, then people come into the shop and go, hey, can you get this for me or whatever? It's always a bit of a juggling game. I mean, the store has pretty much been funded by me and then, you know, as I worked the six days a week for all of those years, I've just put the money back into the shop to build it. So, you know, I haven't exactly taken out massive loans or had venture capitalists involved with it so it's really been a um uh, a grassroots kind of thing for me and yeah and products and everything it's just trial and error a lot of the time yeah oh that's the good thing too right when you own 100 percent of it you don't need to split your profit with anyone yeah so that's you true. can actually have control of everything that's true yeah i do appreciate that sort of thing because i, I don't think i'd cope well with having to listen to someone else all the time <laughs> yeah exactly and so you mentioned earlier that you were part of uh shremko's silver circle yes. so you know for being in an environment like that where you have other business owners kind of to pitch ideas up, how has that helped you out? Um, look, I've only been a part of the Silver Circle for a month or two now. Um, I think I struggle in a way, like finding enough time to go through all of the things that are on the website with Silver Circle. But I'm in a really high caliber amongst high caliber people that 
a full on. They blow my mind every day. Every post that they put up, I'm like, oh my God, they're amazing. So um, I know I can learn a lot. And just to be amongst those sort of people that are on the edge and are pushing the boundaries every day just inspires me to do so much more. Um, I think I blow some of their minds with the videos that I do just in funniness or whatever. They probably think I'm really amateur and really quite stupid. But but I think that between – you know, me and them and the amazing minds and like James's mind. He just, he's like very blunt. He just tells you straight out. And I love that. Like in a way it will hurt my, it'll hurt my feelings for about five seconds, but um, it's amazing. Yeah. I'm really blessed. Yeah. Because I guess, you know, when you're doing stuff online yourself, it can get very lonely too. So when you have a network like that to kind of work with it's a big help yeah it's it's great I can't I can't thank them enough and just the fact that you actually get an answer about questions that you're asking about and yeah it's just um you know I mean it's, it's that whole um being amongst minds that are that are much greater than yours that make you grow that's what it's about and uh, I love it it's awesome yeah and I understand the people there are kind of like their business is like in the few million range, they're really looking to double that to push you to the next level, if I'm understanding this right. Yeah, well, they're, they're always pushing. And, and I don't know how half of them get the work they get done. Like it just blows my mind. But yeah, I'm trying to get there. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. And so just to wrap things up, where can we find you online? Yeah, you can find me um, our website at adoralive.com. So that's A D O R A. L-I-V for Victor E dot com um, or on YouTube you can have a look at the videos at youtube.com forward slash Adora Live so A-double-D-O-R-A L-I-V-E <laughs> <laughs> Awesome and for your products do you sell international or do you only in the Australian market? Um, it's only Australia at the moment but um, I've been in contact with the shipping companies to see if we can start selling internationally so I think in the very near future we will be going international Nice, nice. well good luck with that and I'm sure there's a huge market for you to tackle too Fingers crossed <laughs> To get more information about running an online store, visit our website at buildmyonlinestore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store podcast.